0: On The Boogie Monster, Dave Stone and Kyle Canane talk about exploration and treasure hunting, the protests, and redefining policing. On Office Hours Live, Tim Heidecker, DJ Doug Pound, and Vic Berger are joined by Thundercat and Z from Black Socialists in America. Listen to this episode to find out how you can help Office Hours raise funds for the Black Lives Matter Global Fund. Search Starburns Audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast platform for a full list of our shows featuring hosts like Monet Exchange, Bob the Drag Queen, and Amanda Seals. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Starburns Audio. Enjoy the show, and remember stay safe, stay healthy, and keep laughing. Feral
2: Audio.
1: Hey everybody, how's it going? You're listening to episode 51 of Steve A.G. Uh, with my guest Jeff Davis from the Harmontown podcast. One of my favorite podcasts of all time, and uh, also here on the Feral Audio Network. And I would say, safely, that it's probably the number one podcast on the Feral Audio Network. Uh, And for good reason. It's very funny. Um, Dan Harmon and Jeff Davis, along with Spencer Crittenden, and a host of other occasional weirdos like Kamel Nanjiani and Rob Schraub rob cordry um curtis armstrong the list goes on demorge brown um chances are if you're listening to my podcast with any regularity you probably listen to harmontown uh if not check it out i think it's great and um so i'm happy 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 i'm happy no i'm holy uh i'm happy to have jeff on the podcast finally we've talked about it i think for a while and um couldn't do it at uh, at Starburns this week. So I have a Zoom H6 with microphones, totally capable. So I went to Jeff's apartment and hooked everything up, turned it on, checked the levels. Got 20 minutes into our conversation before I realized I hadn't hit record. The most rookie of all moves. And um, I I can't apologize enough. To Jeff for that but he handled it like a pro we just hopped back in we recapped what we had missed and uh, trudged on and it was great um, so I hope you like it um, yeah and I will be back uh, with more regularly uh, I, this is 51 like I said last year we did four episodes tops and we're way above that number already <laughs> this year. Um, So I'm very happy uh, to be cranking these out. Uh, So listen to Jeff's episode. I think it's terrific. Follow him on Instagram, Twitter, all the social networking. We cover that at the end, but his username is Jeff Brian Davis, Brian with a Y. And um, for those in the San Francisco area, I will be there this week, Wednesday Wednesday, through Saturday, the 13th through the 16th at the San Francisco Punchline. One show Wednesday and Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Please come out if you're in the area. And uh for those who aren't up there, those of you in L.A., I will be doing my show with Brendan Small, our show Baked, Stand Up and Music at the Hollywood Improv, I believe the 23rd. Of this month, April 23rd, maybe the 24th, but I think the 23rd, whatever that Saturday is. That's where you can find us. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, If not, Brendan and I both tweet about it very regularly. Uh, So if you're in LA, catch us there and we do it monthly. So we'll be doing it again in May. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. Let's jump into this. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff Davis, for helping me out. And doing an episode of my podcast. I am forever in your debt, friend. Um, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.
2: Let's
1: start now. Goddamn. I'm so sorry, Jeff. No, no. I, now we're warmed up.
2: I'm some
1: more water. Holy shit. All right, go get some water. I'm uh, here with Jeff Davis, Harman Towns, Jeff Davis. Oh, my God! We've been recording for like half an hour, not recording for half an hour, talking for half an hour
2: about travel, travel agencies. We talked a lot about boring stuff like cameras and things like that. But uh, we found out that I should have I, sh- I should get a nice camera. Because you are a great photographer. Let's recap and we'll, we'll get right back
1: to you almost puking on a plane or maybe puking on a plane. I still don't know. Oh, oh
2: I, I puke on the plane. We covered cameras. Right. We talked about travel. You're traveling to. I'm going Fiji, to uh, Tahiti. Tahiti. And then I got good advice from Steve about growing up and actually having a proper camera and yep. not just shooting everything on the phone. Yep. And travel agency. And that's the, I think that's the big thing that
1: that I feel shitty about missing is that uh, we didn't cover the travel agents. Well, You have a travel agent. You're the only person I know that uses a travel agent.
2: It's a a very adult thing, and people think it's kind of a backwards thing to have a travel agent. Yeah. Because everybody can go online and book their own stuff. Right. You are afforded so much extra care and luxury, and you don't pay them anything. You don't pay them because they all... That's what I didn't know. They get kicked back... By the properties that you stay at and by the airlines you fly on. And if like when I've booked really long trips with my travel agent, Shannon, and I'll just say, hey, I want to go to Italy for two weeks and here's the cities I think I want to go to, you lay it down for me. If she says, okay, here's a property I don't deal with and I have to deal with them and I'm going to get you a deal and do all this stuff. She worked for like two weeks for me to put this trip together years ago when I went to Italy. I think she charged me like 150 bucks. That's incredible. And you're taken care of the whole way. If you want to stay on an extra day or two, you don't have to, you don't have to spend your whole afternoon on the phone with the airliner online with, you know, the whatever or the hotel. She just sorts it out. And if upgrades are available on your flight, yeah. Or your room. Yeah. When you check in, they're like, Oh, you've been kicked way upstairs. Uh, and you don't pay for that. That's, you don't pay. That's what I find amazing. Also, car brokers, if you, if you lease your car. Yeah. Which I do. Yeah. Maybe if you buy them too. A car broker, you don't pay them. You, they find you a fuck off deal on the car and they, oh. they get we a- We got to talk about this because I'm looking for a car right and now and they get a kickback. From the dealership. I had no fuck when I because I'm lazy mm-hmm. as can be. Yeah, me too. Um my accountant, uh like a kind of business manager accountant, they have like if, let's say you went and shot a movie, like you you've been shooting a movie in Atlanta. Yeah. But like, yeah. let's say you were gonna be there for half a year. Yeah. Like you were working for a long time. Yeah. Or you're doing a play in New York or whatever. Yeah. Um, they y- you can have people that will find you the apartment find you a car. Right. And then they knock on your door. Like wh- I'm I get the same car every two or three years. Right. I get the, the the new model of the one that I like. Right. And a person comes to my apartment here. Knock 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 with the car? With the car. And I go, I'll I'll trade you a dirty one for a clean one and I'll have dents in it. Body damage? They don't give a shit. They hand you the keys to the new one. You sign here, you sign there. They'll take your phone down to the car. Make sure that all your music and your phone and all your shit is all set up. Bluetooth is all synced. All good to go. What? And dude, and you don't pay them anything. And it's a better deal than you ever would have got on your own, even if you've researched how to not get fucked over by a car dealer. Do you have like the same car broker you've always used? Yes. Go to go to. Also, if you you want to really give me their info, if you go to a dealership because you want to test drive a car, because I do, because you and I are both tall. Yeah. I want to make sure I fit in the new model. I want to make sure I'm not bumping my head. Yeah. Uh, or my, you know, my weird hairdo. Yeah. Like on the, on the roof of the car, mushing your hair down. Uh, so you want to make sure you fit and you can take a test drive. And they're like, do you want to, do you want to buy this car? And I'm like, yeah, I have a broker and they, they want to kill you. They hate that. Wow. And they're like, we'll tell your broker to go through our dealership. I said, my broker is going to go through whatever dealership is the best, get to the best number. This is eye opening to me. I'm 47 years old. know, right we're babies. We're babies. We're, we're 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 not. No, we're old men. We are emotional babies because I am. A, we're, I'm a child in so many ways. I used to always, anytime I would get a
1: car, my dad would come with me to handle all the fucking the bartering shit. It's the worst. The shit that I don't want to fucking deal with. It's the worst. Car brokers. I had no fucking idea that was. A, I'm an adult and I had no idea that was a thing.
2: My, my car broker called me up and she goes, no, no, I got an email from the, from the good people at Lexus. Yeah. From three different dealerships around Los Angeles. Yeah. Saying, uh, we can get you out of your 2012 or in, in, into the 2014 or whatever it was, whatever year that was. Yeah. Uh, for the same price. We'll get you in the new car for the same same price, brand new car. Great. Same lease, same everything. Great. So I called up, uh, what's new her bro- name? Rusty, I think her name is, uh, at this broker. I was like, this, it, this sounds like too good to be true, right? And she goes, yeah, that sounds like bullshit. Let me look into that. She calls me back moments later and says, I'll get you into the new car for less than you're paying right now. I'm like, why is that? And she goes, they want you never put any miles in your car, and they want used cars on the road for the the resale, yeah, like the uh, pre-owned shit. Oh yeah, yeah, with low mileage. Yeah, it's the best. See, I think the the first half hour is more fun. Now I just sound like this pompous guy that goes to Tahiti and, and yeah. Has, I, has a I feel so shitty. I set up the levels and. Because
1: I can see the levels moving, I just thought we're recording. Should we start again? Let's start again. So you have a travel agent? <laughs> no, but that makes sense.
2: That's so that's always been true with travel agencies, right? They we live in a world because everybody that travels can go online and book a, a hotel and book a flight and book a package Chrysler. trip or whatever. Be, because we think that we can do that and we, we think, think that's easier and, and better. we think that it's easier and better and that we're, we're saving money travel agents exist because the the reason why they can make money is because they do it better and make it easier for you there's actually incentive for them to do it and also hotels like if you want to like say you want to go somewhere like obscure like there's a little town in Norway I want to go to, and it, but I I went online. There's no hotels except for the Hilton near the airport or whatever yeah. the hell. Yeah. You go to your travel agent and go. Do you know any properties like I want to go? I want, Scandinavia. I want to go somewhere. Just I want to be on a mountain. Yeah. I want to be in. I a want to f- be at the base of the Matterhorn. I want to. Yeah. I want to be in a fjord. <laughs> and they'll go. Oh, well, this is a like a, a string of small bed and breakfast that you have to go to and you have to check this out and and, and they'll, they'll hook it up. It's cheaper than the hotel that you were going to pick. It's better. And uh you don't have to do shit. You don't have to do anything. That's why growing up, I would,
1: you would always hear of travel agents like or in the movies. I mean, we have this package it's because they're getting kickbacks from the, Mm-hmm. The hotels and the, the airlines. That's how they make their money. I had no idea that was a fucking thing.
2: I, I've been bothering Shannon O'Sullivan, my travel agent, for four days about this Tahiti trip. hmm And I'm flaky. I, I'll just go, hey, I think around these dates, uh, I think I want to go... Non-committal. Like, will you send me pictures of places? hmm Like, show me photos of where I should go. Yeah. And she'd go, well, here, here's where I would go, here's what I would do, and here's... What, and then I, I, I did my own investigation. I go what about this place for a few nights? What about that place for a few nights? And she goes, I'll get back to you." And she calls up and she goes, here's the quote done. I got it. You know, when I was
1: right out of high school and didn't know what I wanted to do, my mom was like, why don't you be a travel agent? And I was like, what? Cause she had a family friend who booked all our vacations. She's like, be a travel agent. And so I went to a class at a junior college. I did one class and was like, no, this isn't for me.
2: You do have to spend a lot of time, probably on the computer and on the phone dealing yeah. with bureaucracy. Yeah, but also what Shannon does for a living is that she is paid to travel everywhere because they want her to know exactly what that property is like.
1: No way. Like, like,
2: hey, like Switzerland. Like, 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 we want your clients to be hip to this. No way. Also, like, she does travel for like big, like like rock and roll tours and TV shows. So if like studios will come to her and say, Hey, we want the cast of, you know, big bang theory. We're shooting an episode in Hawaii or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And so like, she's the one that sets it all up. It's fucking genius. And if you screw up on your passport and stuff like that, like she has a resource to fix your passport.
1: Okay, so let's get back to where we left off. Okay, where we left off or where I noticed we weren't recording was you were in San Francisco back when the Giants won their first game in a long time. We can their start. first World we, Series. We can
2: start this episode right now, by the way. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. This is all good. <laughs> this is all good.
2: Yeah, I, I was, as I was saying, uh, I think the reason why the travel agency thing might have even come up was saying that if, when you, when you travel somewhere and you want to stay a couple extra days. Yes. Instead of spending your time on the computer, you can say in an email or a text, I want to stay in San Francisco for two more days. Yeah. Cause I'm having too much fun. Yeah. Uh, or I'm sick. Yeah. Or, yeah, or whatever. Or <laughs> yeah. Or I, I fell in love, whatever. Yeah. So I was drinking at Vesuvio, the, the bar in North Beach next to City Lights books. Uh huh. And, and the, it was game four or three or five or whatever. And the, this was the game that, that they wanted. it. The giants were going to win the series. Like not the l- most recent one, but maybe one or two ago. Cause they, they've had a good run. Yeah. I don't know. Fuck all about baseball. Yeah. Um, so I would had a million drinks at Vesuvio watching the game for the first five innings then I had to get to my hotel, get to the airport. Yeah. I get to the airport. It's game. It's inning seven. And I go to a bar to watch it. And it's a big party in there. It's like every, everybody, of course, every bar is rammed with people. Yep. They win and everybody buys everybody else's shot. So you didn't, it wasn't just like, Hey, I'm a guy that bought up the whole bar around. Everybody bought the bar around. So I had 90 drinks like in the course of like five minutes and had to get on a plane sitting in, it's a nighttime flight sitting in first class, a small first class, I didn't want to puke in the front lavatory because that's where the captain is going to have to go. pee. This is the same night. Same, oh no, that is, they win. This is hours later. This is moments later. Like they win the series, you, and then you go to the. Everybody airport. gets a drink, and like like we were boarding. So I, I get in the plane and realize <laughs> I, not only am I absolutely drunk steamboats, I'm, I'm fucking rotten. Yeah, I can't. I can barely walk. Ugh, I dude. sit down like. Now I'm strapped in. We're taxing. I can't get up. I've got to barf. I have oh, to, I must barf. Fuck that. So we get up to altitude and I'm hanging by a thread. Mm-hmm. And I think the people around me can smell the booze on me. Of course they because can. Because I was drinking Fernet Branca, which stinks <laughs> in so many ways. And yeah, I adore it. Of course they can fucking I smell it. I had 50 Anchor Steams and 900 Fernet Brancas. And... We get up to altitude I th- I think even before they turn the, the uh the seatbelt light off. Yep. I don't want to go puke up front because that's what the flight crew is gonna have to do it, and all my neighbors. And this is gonna be a bad vomit. A bad vomit. It's gonna be bad. It's not gonna be like like, oh, I, I ate something to disagree You're with me. You're gonna pull muscles. Th- this is gonna smell like a a uh Oh the, that's the worst. Like dude. a bar mat. That's the worst. It's going to smell like the floor of a, of a bathroom, like at a, at, a, at a bad bar. That's like, the worst. It's going to smell like the Mars bar back in the day in New York City. So I, I, I try to sneak down past the curtain down to, through the fuselage to go to the very aft mm-hmm. lavatory. And everybody there sees me stumbling around. It's not a full flight. Ugh. So there's no one really hanging out at the back few rows. hmm I go in there, and because we're tall, and you can't stand up straight, Mm -hmm. you can barely pee in those things. Yeah. You have to thrust your penis forward as far as you can. You have to backbend, yeah. You have to do a crazy backbend, and your head's pressed against the thing, and it's a bummer. It's the worst. And if you you made 90% of your pee into the bowl- You're a champion. You're- your you're, the Michael
1: Jordan. <laughs> exactly. you're the Michael Jordan of airplane
2: pissing. Exactly. It's, and so then you got to wipe it all down because you're a good person. And it's just a bummer. Yeah. So trying to puke, <laughs> trying to puke in this thing, I can't lean forward. <laughs> I can't lean forward enough because right. my head is over the bowl.
1: Right.
3: Because
2: my ass is in the door. So I, I have to like, st- I'm kind of standing up. Yeah. And I know that I must puke because it's going to happen. And <sighs> I couldn't do it in a vomit bag because I, I'm going to... There's too much. I'm going to release a, a sparklet's jug of oh, booze. dude. <laughs>
1: dude. Ugh.
2: So what happens, of course, is I puke all, all over the entire place. All over my shins, my pants, my shoes. No. All over the bowl. You are shitting it me. It comes out like a... Uh, like, you know when you open a kombucha... And it goes. Yeah, around. and it just kind of explodes. Imagine a Jeff Davis-sized kombucha bottle, and it, it, it just went out, and a just and a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tsunami on your clothes. And it's dark, stinking for net branca and beer. Ah. Uh. And whatever horrible thing I'd had to eat that day, which is probably a pizza because I was in North Beach. Yeah, yeah. That like golden boy pizza came out too. Yeah. But it was mostly booze. Oh, dude. It went everywhere and it smelled so, <laughs> it smelled so bad. So I, I spent the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Little tiny napkin by napkin cleaning the whole bathroom because it was everywhere. Fuck, man. And it was all over my clothes, all over my shoes. And I, I was wearing like a, you know, a suit. I was dressed, you know, like me and people are knocking on the door.
3: Oh come
2: on! And I couldn't let them in and, see, nope. like, and and subject them to that. They don't have the recourse to go up to the first class one. They this is the only option they have. Uh. And I came out, and the whole plane wanted to murder me. Yeah, yeah. It was a bummer. Is it still was it still on your clothes when you went and sat down? Like, it turns out if you're wearing like leather, like like nice wingtips, you know, and you puke Fernet Branca all over them, and you give them a nice wipe down. They shine like... Really? They shine like the top of the Chrysler I building. I have
1: the acid would have just eaten right into the boot. I have the shoes around here if you want to shake them out. Like, no, I believe you. Did you feel better after you puked? I felt like a million bucks. Oh, God No, it's, it's
2: one of those things where you don't puke unless you must. Also, we, we had talked about never wanting to poop in an airport bathroom. Yeah. In the last half hour. The last half hour. <laughs> Fuck. You kept fiddling with the dials.
1: Because I kept watching the levels going, oh, this is where we have the perfect levels going. You didn't hit. And then I looked and I go, because so I was like, I wonder how long we've been recording. And I looked
2: and it's like, oh, you've been recording zero seconds. The irony being the first 10 minutes of that last half hour, it was me talking about your facility with cameras, te- cameras, technology. Well, I mean, people can look that up on
1: Instagram and see for themselves. Are we
2: doing the worst version of this podcast? Right no, now? no, 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 no. This is great. I've also... Let's start I, right now.
1: Let's start right now. And my guest is Jeff Davis from Harmontown. <laughs> Whose line is it anyway? Um, Travel agent, cameras,
2: puking on a plane.
1: Uh, Harmontown's gotten crazy lately, dude. It's been insane. Since you've started having shrub on normally, it is a
2: full-on circus. The one... We did last night. I told you when you came in, it was circus doesn't cover it. It was bananas. I think it was great if you watch it. I think that because the audience there was thrilled. People were standing up. There was frequent standing ovations during the show. No shit. People were just getting up and applauding laughs. I well, gotta, I'll watch it then. But if you listen to it, I don't think you're going to like it at all because it's just everybody screaming. Aisha Tyler, who is my height. Yeah, and she's got the energy of nine million people. Yeah, she brought her own alcohol, but she she's branding her own no boo, way her own booze. Oh boy, and then Dan is you know our show is a vodcast. It's, it's driven by by vodka. Yeah. Schraub was sitting where Spencer normally sits, which is off to stage right. And Dan mm-hmm. never faces that way. So Schraub was not getting attention and being more Schraubby <laughs> than you've ever been Schraubbed. It was Schraubby in all the good ways. And it was madness. Dan was a bit drunk. Then we had Jordy White and Fred Sablon from, you know, of Marilyn, Marilyn Manson, Manson fame yeah. and other bands. And the I love. Moon. Goon Moon, and they have this great new podcast, which I adore. It's uh, really good. And got to be on. You should go do it. I just started listening to it this weekend. It's called Hour of
1: Goon. I would love to do it. I don't know those guys. I mean, I know who they are and I'm a fan, but.
2: There are these rock and rollers who we, you know, Jordy was Twiggy from. Twiggy Ramirez, yeah. And they, you know, you think of both of them as having spooky makeup on and shit. Yeah. But they have these great, mellow. Radio voice. Oh my god, it's great to listen to. And, and then they, he, he tweaks it. And they just talk about brunch. Yeah. And Star Wars. And I could Little nerds. I comic could, books. At, at his place, it's Star Wars shit everywhere. Really? Every, there's various Millennium Falcons hanging from fishing wire. No. And X-Wing fighters, TIE fighters. Oh. The The soap dispenser in the bathroom is an R2-D2 pumping no. soap into your hand. There is, <laughs> there's a hundred million stormtroopers in there. It's everywhere. You I th- seem to remember there being
1: uh, an MTV Cribs at Jordy's house.
2: Maybe I'm wrong, but I think they went to his house back yeah. in the heyday of Marilyn Manson. That's a possibility. I don't know. But they're the most lovely guys in the world. And there's nine, no, it's not nine. There's four like adorable little tiny dogs. Uh-huh. And they just sit there looking up at you. And you sit kind of knee to knee with the two of them. And they just, of course, when I was on, I talked too much and I'm shouty mm. because that's what Harmontown is. Their, their shows like ours. Cause it's yeah. two friends that have known each other forever. Yeah. And they just want to just hang out and talk. And they, they're so attentive. Yeah. Mellow. They came on our show last night and I don't know that either of them ever finished an entire sentence. And it was hilarious. Oh my God. But they had fun. They did have fun. And I think it's a, I don't want to like try to pitch the idea that people should spend money to watch the live stream of Harmontown. Yeah. But for $5, that's one worth seeing because Schraub is fucking killing it. They kept doing, Dan kept trying to do the Star Wars, like improv scene where we were doing a new Star Wars. Yeah. And he kept talking about like too many wipes, like unnecessary screen wipes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the guy that does, um, I think Kevin who does our live stream was doing wipes, live wipes. No. Because I, I went on Reddit just to see, how, like, I woke up today, I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, like, what are what are people saying? Yeah. And people were like, there was live edits. But also, they kept putting Dan and Rob in a two-shot, uh-huh. like a split screen. Uh-huh. Or maybe it was a two. <laughs> yeah. They could have been a split screen or a two-shot, but them each doing takes on each other. Um, I love Rob, because Rob loves Dan. Dan loves Rob. But they also seem to despise each other. <laughs> it's great. There's, you know, there... It, that podcast, Harmontown is a podcast where there are
1: so many highlights for me. I'm a huge, I've listened to everyone, and there are bits in in a lot of episodes that I wish I could take out and put into one, like, best of episode that yeah. I would probably listen to every
2: fucking day. What I like about it, I don't understand why it has to be two hours long. It seems too long to me, but... What I love about it is that everyone is weird in a completely different way. Yeah. There's something there's something uniquely fucked up about everyone in a good way or sometimes in a bad way or whatever. But I, I, that's what I like about it. I remember there was an episode where Harmon came
1: up with the idea and you were, you were on that one. I mean, you're, you're on most of them, but you were there. And it, his, his idea that he came up with was that when you die, you can shit somebody's pants. Because you know how they say, a lot of times when you die, you shit your own pants. Yeah, Harmon was like, I think I figured out how to make humanity better. You die, you get to choose whose pants you shit in. And honest to God, for weeks, I was obsessed with this
2: idea. Because you would always be on your best behavior. Always. Because if you piss off 10 people and they die, you might shit your pants 10 times. Like, Even
1: if you cut someone off in traffic, you may have cut off a person who's totally secluded, has a mellow existence, who doesn't have beef with anybody. So when they're dying, they'll be like, I don't know. I guess that guy who cut me off in traffic. Boom. You just shit your pants. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah. I love that, that was a long time ago. There's so many great fucking moments. How, how many of these have you done? How many of your podcast? I think like around 50. 50? La- this is... I've started hitting it hard this year and trying to go once a week again. Cause last year, I think I did four episodes. Really? Yeah. My dad was dying last year. So it was like back burner for me. I did you, just like, did you shit your pants? He didn't shit my pants. <laughs> you are the
2: worst son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, no. there's something. Dan feels like when I'm investigating things about him that I'm attacking him, which I'm not. Maybe sometimes I have, but like, like if if I want to like do follow up questions on things, he feels like he's being abused. I've noticed we that to, especially with the tying his shoes thing. We have to get you and Shrub and Dan on the same show and talk about oh ass wiping, ass wiping, yeah, because. I didn't realize there was 90 ways to do that wrong or right. Like, I thought there was. Same with me, man. I've always thought it's. Rob, lean lean over and wipe your ass. Rob's a front wiper. He wipes, he wipes from back to front. He's, and I think they're both stand up wipers. That's crazy. But, but when, when they said that they're stand up wipers, people in the crowd, there was a couple applause, like, yeah, like, like, yeah stand up wipers unite. I don't get it. What was your joke about stand up wipers?
1: My joke was basically about, I've noticed a lot of people talking about when they're potty training their kid. If it's a girl, and I've only noticed this with girls, if they have a girl, someone in the conversation always like, if you're potty training your little girl, yeah, you, you have to make sure you're, make sure you're teaching her to wipe from front to back. It's, they can get an infection. It's dangerous. Yeah. And I'm just like, why wouldn't you teach everyone to wipe front to
2: back? If the reason that you don't want little girls to wipe back to front is because they're infecting their vaginas me. with poop. Aren't we also saying that at the very least, boys are wiping poop on their nuts? Yes. That, that's my thing. Is like, I, I think it's a simple you have to get poop on your nuts. It's a simple dot to connect there. It's like standing up, standing up. When you're sitting, at least your your butt cheeks are a little spread apart. That's what Harmon keeps saying, like, like it's like, like, I, like I just wipe forever. I mean, he, he, he keeps talking about it. he has poopy undies, and he's constantly got oh, poop,
1: poop stains on the undies. My friend calls that the never ending shit, right? Like where you have to keep wiping, right? But I think, and it's, then you finally give up. I think up. it's
2: because you're standing up. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We, I mean, we should bust this wide open. I was gonna say we should get to the bottom of it, but. I, <laughs> I still said it. I I I thought that would. I literally
1: just came here to your house from the improv where I did a, just a short interview, like a talking head thing for the Sklar brothers are doing a documentary about poop, like ev- all things poop. They're just get, they're just like let's do a documentary about poop. We'll get a bunch of people talking about poop.
2: That's that's it's a great mission. I and love I. Did you? Did, so many did opinions. you did you touch on these issues mm-hmm yeah
1: it's the worst thing in the world in my opinion poop. poop pooping poop it's the worst thing in the
2: world it's nature makes it the worst thing in the world for a reason it it, it it you want to have nothing to do with it yeah and yet if you poop in the ground things grow things grow because that's death death creates life yeah so why I don't know. It's the smell and just the. Have you ever used a bidet? Never.
1: It's good fun, man. I want to. I want one. My toilet at home is too small. I think.
2: Yeah, I, I, I wonder if I could install one here. I know Shrab's got one on his toilet. Yeah, he has a Shrab has a whole thing. He scalded his his butt yeah. one time because he was kept washing his butt with like
1: boiling water with hot. <laughs> yeah, he had one of those. One of those shower heads that disconnects,
2: yeah. and that you can sh- shower
1: anywhere on your body. But and he would scold his
2: asshole. <laughs> he, not, he not only would scold it, he would scold it afterwards. <laughs> he would scald it and then give it a shaming,
1: bad asshole. Ugh.
2: You ever, ever had anal sex?
1: One time. With a girl I was dating, this was—I was like in my twenties—and got poop on my dick, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. That's the thing. And as a guy who hates poop, I was like, that's a deal breaker. Stopped right in the middle of it and was like, "Nope."
2: (laughs) There was a girl that I dated briefly. Year, many years ago, who was a wardrobe she, she worked in a wardrobe and she was doing some film shoot and, and on the set next to her at whatever studio they're at they were doing a porn mm-hmm. so she was out just chilling out in the parking lot wherever the you know craft service was or the you know the food truck yeah and there were these porn actresses there yeah and she out of curiosity said how does th- how does that work like how do you guys do anal sex and like oh what- yeah a- and they completely broke it down for her. like this is when you eat This is when you poop. They do. This is is what you do in between that. This is how you, this is how you prep yourself. Yeah. And this is exactly how you ready yourself for that because you can't just go like, like any old time.
0: Oh yeah,
1: put it in now.
2: I mean, I guess you, you mean, you certainly can. I had brisket for dinner (laughs) last night. (laughs) It was Tommy's 50th anniversary last night. (laughs) It's chili week. It's meat week. <laughs> meat week. Catch me at the end of meat week. Meat week. You love meat, right? You're a yeah. Meat. yeah. Yeah. So I've been vegetarian for a thousand years. I'm not political about it. I think people should do absolutely what they want. But the, uh, the whole meat week thing seems a bit extreme. Yeah. I've never participated in that. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's just easy for me.
1: But, uh, I mean, I've had periods where I've been vegan, like, Years ago, I was vegan with, uh, you know, I was working on a script with a friend who was vegan and it was just easier for me when we'd order food to get what she was eating. Yeah. And I lost like 45 pounds. I, m- all my allergies were gone. Wow. I don't know why I still don't do it. I mean, I love,
2: I love shitty food. That it's a real problem for me. Yeah. You can still eat shitty food as a vegetarian. Like, um, yeah, but you, ha- you have to be a little more careful about.
1: Getting what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Protein's a big one. You gotta eat your beans and quinoa. I I love beans. Quinoa's a bummer. Really? I I kinda like quinoa.
2: I mean, I like it, but like the, it's, it's not like quinoa and kale. Yeah, they're great for you, but they're, they're, they're hard going. Remember when kale was just a lining on a tray that they would put crudité on? When you you went to Coco's, or if you're old enough and you lived in, in a certain part of the country, Sambo's. Remember Sambo's? Oh yeah, there's still one in Santa Barbara. You would get, A burger, you get a patty melt or whatever the fuck, and there'd be this ornamental kale Mm -hmm. with some ornamental peppers on it. They they weren't even food. Yeah. Or they would put cottage cheese on top of kale or just... Uh, See, now, you don't like cottage cheese. Oh, no. I adore cottage cheese. Here's the thing. Maybe you're having the wrong brand because there's bad cottage cheese. I think it's a consistency thing for me. I don't even think it's a taste. I I have a... I I, I like almost any kind of cheese. Yeah, My grandma, when I was a little kid, when we went to her place, she would put a little plate, a little doll cut of cheese, and some maple syrup on top of it. Wow. And it was fucking delicious. That's good, huh? Yeah. It's a
1: consistency. George Carlin has a whole bit on his album, The Place for My Stuff, about foods, <laughs> about, about the different types of, like, some people won't eat foods because of the way they look. The way they, the biggest one is the way they taste, but the way they look, the consistency. Yeah. And I have issues with a lot. I'm,
2: I Har- fall into a lot of that. Harmon, when he was, remember Don Cody, you know, Don, uh-huh. uh, huh. Uh, maybe four or five girlfriends ago for Dan mm-hmm. when he was living at his apartment on uh, Commonwealth. Commonwealth. Yeah. I was, I was up there with them. We're watching TV and Don who's great. And they, they were so cute together. And they called each other like Poo Poo Bear and yeah. Do- Duty Pants and you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And she, she gets up and she's like, hey, like, hey, Poo Poo Bear, you, they want a little snack? He's mm-hmm, like, I want a little snack. And they're being cutie pie and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. She comes back for Dan. Like I, I said, no, I've eaten. I'm good. And she comes back for Dan with a little plate with cottage cheese on it. Uh huh. And these beautifully fanned out peach slices. Nice. Like canned peach slices on Sure. On, on, yeah. Like, like fanned out in an, in an array. TLC. Absolutely, above and beyond the call of duty. Yeah, and Dan goes, Ugh, like he just makes his <laughs> frowny face. He's like, Ugh. and she's like, what? What? <laughs> Have you ever, ever told us before? No. And, and she's like, what? He's like, what? What? Like, what's, what, what what's that face? Why, why are you making that face? I hate when you make that face. And he's like, sweetheart, like. You know that I love cottage cheese. Yeah. But we've talked about the fact that I don't like the canned peach slices on top. Because the juice from the canned peaches <laughs> leak into the cottage cheese mm-hmm. and then it becomes this runny thing and I, I I don't like that consistency. Yeah. And I know that you're a better girlfriend for going the extra mile right, and yeah. making it beautiful and yeah. making it sexier. Yeah. But I just don't understand why we have to keep having that conversation. <laughs> Like, why was that something that has to be t- dealt with more than twice? Yeah. And she goes, well, then just say that. Just say that. I hate when you make that face. And then, you know, because he's dead, Harmon, he goes, that's a stupid thing to hate. Abraham Lincoln hated slavery. What are you going to, what are you guys going to talk about when you're in heaven? <laughs> and I was like, wow. He's a tough one to win an argument against. So
1: I, it, uh, no, I, I
2: would imagine. When, when you corner Harmon, he'll fuck. He, he comes out like a Vander Holyfield. Everything's personal. <laughs> well like he's he's uh he he words things well like all, all those he's what, smart yeah what's the what's the French term uh the l'esprit de l'escalier like the uh I don't know. like i think it translates to like the spirit of the staircase like it's like when you, when you le you leave a room you go oh that's what i should have said oh is, yeah it's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that witty you thing you said on the staircase leaving the apartment he uh, says it, yeah, he says he, it in the moment he he fires off some real good ones that can really either be funny or it can really stay Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't
1: have that. I'm the guy who's driving home going, fuck, I should have said suck it. Oh yeah.
2: I Yeah. I should have said I, suck it. I'm in my car all the time doing, doing taxi driver. You're talking to me. Like I got, you think of so many uh, great things to say.
1: Yeah. But that would probably end up getting you shot though.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, often it's to police, like you get pulled over and you go, Oh man, here's all, oh. this, here's all the shit I would have said to you, but I never will. Cause I'm a terrified
1: of the cops. I remember one time <laughs> driving down Fairfax with my girlfriend. This was probably like 96 right near like Damiano's and Cantor's and a cop pulls me over. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I was going the speed limit I didn't run any I don't know why they're pulling me over they pull me over and the cop uh, comes up I roll down my window he's like do you know why I pulled you over I go no he's like you threw a cigarette out the window I don't smoke I know that I don't smoke I wasn't a smoker at the time and I was still too afraid to go no I didn't asshole what so I go uh, righteous
2: I, indignation I go
1: A cigarette? He goes, "Yep." And I go, uh, "I don't think I did." And I look at my girlfriend, I go, "Did you throw a cigarette out the window?" She's like, "No." And I go, "I I don't think we threw a cigarette out the window." And he's and he was the whole time like looking in the car. I think he thought we were there was a report of something and he he was checking to see if it was us. Like, probably oh, he, someone said they saw a truck with so people doing drugs he or just something. Did, he just did some phony... Yeah, it was an excuse. What do you... Because oh. my window was up, too. I didn't throw shit out the
2: window. So, they were just looking to see if you were the couple that robbed the bank? Yeah, I guess. But I was still too afraid to go, fuck you, asshole. Yeah. I got pulled over just the like the Gelson's just on the street here. Yeah. Uh, driving by Marshall High uh-huh. for looking at my phone. And... For texting on my phone, I didn't. I just like it was in my console. I picked it up, looked at it, busted. Now, I, yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, I wasn't texting, but yes, I did look at my phone. But also, you can look at your stereo dial. You can look. You can look out the window. You're, yeah, you're allowed to reach you can over get your GPS. You can look all over your car. You can reach. There's loads of things that you can take your your eyes off the road for. I was not actively mm-hmm. calling somebody or mm-hmm. texting somebody, and. I was in a grumpy mood already. I think I was like phenomenally hungover. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I think this is back in the days when I was like going way too hard. Yeah. And they pull me over into the parking lot at the supermarket down there. Yeah. And they're taking a thousand years to come up. So I opened the door and they're like, Sir, shut your door. Ugh. So I rolled the window down and stuck my feet out. No. I'm like, Sir why would you do that dude because i'm being an, <laughs> an asshole and i'm mad because <laughs> I, I still felt like i'm not getting a ticket for something i fucking didn't do yeah also they hadn't told me what i did yeah. i wasn't speeding i didn't run anything yeah and uh you stuck I, I, I was like i'll be here when you guys need me and they come over and they're like do you know you pulled me over i was like no i fucking can't wait to find out though because <laughs> it was like forever yeah and they're like you were texting your phone i'm like no i fucking wasn't and they're like sir you need to watch your like your your language i'm like i wasn't texting like you looked at your phone i said i'm no i didn't i said i'll see you in court and you'll love that because you get paid time and i have to do nothing because that's what you're doing right now nothing you could be doing actual things dude and they're like and so the, the, there's a guy standing right next to my car. There's the other guy I can see in the mirror who's standing back there. He's older and more like a veteran. Mm -hmm. And he's just kind of like, he's bored. He -hmm. doesn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. This younger guy is a little flexed up. Yeah. Now again, I wouldn't do this if I were black. Right. That would be a different situation. This is certainly white privilege going on here. Yeah. So, and I'm like absolutely quivering hungover. And they take a thousand years, <laughs> and they finally come back. And I said, "Can I get out of the car and just stand up?" Because I've been in forever. Like, you can stand up, but stand right by your door, sir. I'm like, I'm not gonna do anything. Like, you guys can relax. Yeah. Like it's gonna be all right. Ugh. And the partner there is there, but he's kind of still on guard. Yeah. And they come over and like, "I'll see you in court." Like, I'll see you there. I'm like, I was like, "Oh yeah, you'll be there because you're lazy. you get paid to go do nothing." Like, like we will see each other then. Jesus, dude. And, and, and so I said, um, I'm leaving my car. I'm going to take this opportunity to go to the supermarket and pick up some stuff. So I like, just so you guys know, cause you thought I was going to go do some horrible shit. Yeah. And he goes, have a nice day. I went, fuck off. Holy shit. And he actually like slightly moved his arm towards his gun, Like we're well, just instinctively not to shoot me, right. but just to get like, like, the way you'd cock a fist, right? And his partner laughed <laughs> because I think his partner also hated that fucking guy. Probably. Now, was I an asshole? Certainly. Was he an asshole first? Absolutely. He yeah. came. He came on to me so fucking hard. Yeah. But when I said "fuck off," <laughs> my like I, I turned red hot. Yeah. With fear. I go oh. Here here comes the taser. What are they allowed to do right now? Here comes the fucking nightstick. Exactly. Here comes me with face down in the concrete and seven days at County. Ugh. So I've cooled back on that thruster. I don't I don't I don't do that anymore. That's one of my biggest fears is uh jail. Yeah. You never been? No. Have you? I did yeah. I did I did fifty two hours in a jail cell. Fifty two? Yeah. I was second year of college at USC. Yeah. It was Saturday morning. I happened to be back in Whittier where grandma with the cottage cheese and peach or maple syrup lives. Yeah. Or, yeah, she was still there. Ugh. I didn't know I had a warrant for my arrest in, in Whittier for falling asleep at the wheel and hitting a sign. What? I had just come back from Chicago doing shows. I had just come back from NAM. And I was driving, and I like it was like a late night flight, and I've been flying all day and performing all day, and I fell asleep and went over a curb. Really, could have killed myself. Yeah, hit a sign. You know, says turn. (laughs) I was so freaked out that I was alive because I really I went in between two trees and knocked off both of my side view mirrors. Right, and the trees were. Giant redwoods. They were big ass trees. You got trees. lucky. Really got lucky. And the guy that lived there, it was the middle of the night. This guy comes out and he goes, oh, thank God. Normally when I hear that sound, somebody's dead. Normally. I went like right between the trees. Yeah. I was really freaked out. It was 4 a.m. I called my friend Sam to pick me up. And I'll get my. we got my car to the side of the road. This yeah. guy helped me push my w- wounded ass car. Yeah. Because it was completely wrecked. The guy in the house helped you push yeah. your car? Wow. And we got to the side of the road. I came back. And I found out there was a warrant, like for a misdemeanor hit and run. Not a warrant, a ticket for misdemeanor hit and run for damaging the sign. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the seven hundred fifty dollars to pay for the sign. So Uh, time goes by. I'm lazy. I'm broke. I'm in college, mm -hmm. and you know I was going to USC, which is an expensive school, but for free because I had like financial aid and shit. Yeah. So now my car is all fucked up. I don't have any money. I happened to be back in Whittier. Now, if I had been picked up in LA, I would have gone to county to be sent to the judge in Whittier that had the warrant out for me. And that would have been seven, eight days of my life. Luckily, I parked my car and there was no insurance on it or no registration rather. And I see three cop cars around it. I had parked to go do something and I come back and there's all these cop cars around it and they see me and they're like, is this your car? And I should have said no and kept walking. Yeah, and I went yes, and they go sit down. Oh, dude, cuffed, shoved in the back of the car. Here's a little tip: if you get cuffed, don't lean back because when you do, they tighten up more. And it's, oh yeah, and yeah. You, it's like you you just chopped your hands off. Yeah, and they don't give a fuck. You can go. No. This hurts. They go. They don't care. You're instantly not a human being. You're instantly trash. Guilty. Guilty of they assume of, yeah. you're, you're, you you are now not a human being. Now they get to be powerful assholes. Oh, fuck. 52 hours. The Cholos in the jail were great. They were really nice to me. Oh, it was, it was Saturday. I was supposed to do comedy sports. (laughs) (laughs) Another tip. If you have warrants out, deal with them. Yes. Second tip. If you don't want to deal with it or you can't afford to deal with it, still go in there and like turn yourself in and say, Hey, I don't have the money. Like, like get in front of it. Third thing: Don't get picked up on Saturday morning because you won't see the judge until Monday. Monday.
3: Yeah.
2: So when I had left the jail after two days in jail to go to this uh, court down the street, chain-ganged ankles and wrists with like six other like gangbanger dudes who loved me and they were the they were the nicest guys.
1: Let me ask you this: Were any of them in the cactus bunch?
2: They might have been. No, no, Cactus Bunch was more east of them. Yeah. These guys were more like, uh, what, what game would they have been? They're like, Hey man, where are you from? I I just like, I was living with Derek Mears on Beachwood. I'm like, I I live in Hollywood. So my nickname was Hollywood. And when I got released, there was guys that that come to the, to the holding tank in the county orange and the county blues. And they were going to go away for a few years for sure. Yeah. And some of the guys were going to get released, and I got all this advice from these old veteran, like like cholo guys, are like, when the judge says this, you say this. When the judge doesn't say that, you don't say that. And like when I stood up, a guy next to me, I was handcuffed. He had to stand up too and sit down. They released me. They, they go, Jeff Davis, time served, you're free to go. And everybody in this in the tank yelled, Hollywood. <laughs> and I, they all came up and shook my hand, hugged me, and shit like that. But it was the cops. Yeah. That you're like, you're, you're not a person for that time that you're there at all. Yeah. And the smell and the noise. Was it a giant cell with a bunch of people in it? it, it the holding tank for the court is a big, is a big giant room with the toilet in the middle of the whole thing. And that's where you were for two days. No, I was in like a cell cell, like a small cell. W- was there anyone in it with you? They No, they actually let me be alone. Although because it, it was a weekend, uh, I, had to, I had to share it with some drunks that were there for a couple hours. Yeah. But. Everybody else was three to a cell, like bunk, bunk, and one on the floor. Jesus. Because I was a softie, they kind of put me in the the drunk tank. Like, I was mostly alone. Oh, lucky. When they were, like, it's don't, don't go to jail. It's my biggest fear. It's my biggest fear, and being in jail makes it your extra biggest fear. Now, I never have been to Actual jail. This is a police station. Yeah. I've never, like, I haven't gone to county. I have friends that have been, and what that's like. You know, Abed had to go.
3: Yeah, I know.
2: It's fucked up.
3: I,
1: on a weekend, too.
2: Yeah. And yeah, there's there's a smell and a sound.
1: Uh, I, I, I don't ever want to
3: experience. It actually,
2: it makes me physically uneasy even just, like, thinking about it.
1: Yeah. My dad was a dot towards the end of his career, like he got to an age, he got to an age and retired and then came out of retirement to work some more. But at his age, when he came out of retirement, he couldn't get a job as a doctor at a regular hospital. So he got a job as a doctor at a maximum security prison out in Blythe, California, out near Arizona. And uh, that was eye opening for my dad. I bet like eye opening. He he, like his first day there. One of his first patients was a guy who came in a guy who was part of the Mexican mafia or he. I don't think he was in the Mexican mafia, but he was Hispanic and he had just gone into prison. And so the head of the Mexican mafia was in that prison and made him told him he had to go kill somebody like he's like that skinhead over there. You have to kill him or we'll fuck you up. And so he had no choice. So this dude got a hold of a razor blade, like a fucking legit sharp razor blade, wrapped it in toilet paper in his cell, stuck it up his ass so he could sneak it out to the prison yard to slit this guy's throat. But while this razor blade was in his ass, toilet paper dissolved, toilet paper dissolved, sliced his asshole apart. And my dad had to deal with that. No. First day of... (laughs) But it was shit like that all the time. The prisoners eventually, like, were loved my dad. My dad was really cool. They fucking thought he was the coolest. You know, he took care of them. He was the guy, one guy at the prison that actually took care of him. And so uh this was a few years into my dad working there. A guy came in. He was a new prisoner. He went into the infirmary where my dad was working. He's like, yeah, yeah. I need some Vicodin. My, my shoulder hurts. My dad's, like, looked at it. He's like, you know I'll give you aspirin. You don't need Vicodin. He's like, give me Vicodin. My dad's like, you don't need Vicodin. I'm not giving you Vicodin. So he like got physically intimidating on my dad and was like, give me fucking Vicodin or I will break your fucking neck. And the guards were there and they pulled the guy off and, um, sent him back to his cell. But the other inmates found out that he threatened my dad and beat him up almost to death beat him into a coma like he had to it was like right out of shawshank you know he had to go to a wow. fucking actual hospital you know outside the prison when he was eventually healthy enough to come back to prison they made him go into the infirmary and apologize to my dad the other prisoners that's you amazing. go fucking apologize to dr
2: ag that's amazing <laughs> it's like the godfather well yeah and like there's this- this is the person that's going to keep you alive. You yeah. Don't, you don't want that guy hurt. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading these books about, like, the old Royal Navy, like, Napoleonic Wars, you know, the age of sail and stuff. Yeah. And the, the ship's surgeon was the most sacred person aboard because, like, he was the one that uh kept you alive, like, like would saw your leg off and do it right. Yeah. Keep you from getting an infection and yeah. dying. And the, they were, like, good luck charms. And if you had a good one, they would split their pay with, with them. Like, 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 don't leave the boat. We'll cut you in. Yeah. I love
1: having doctors as friends. Like, I like, you know, I'm friends with mostly actors or comedians or musicians and stuff, but I like, I cherish my friend. You know who Ken Jong communities. Ken Jong, you know, he's a doctor, knocked up. Yeah. Was a legitimate doctor when he got hired to do knocked up and still gets his, uh, medical license renewed every year or however long you have to renew it. So he's still like he could if he lost his job, if his show got canceled, he could go back right into doing medicine. I he's the guy I always text first when I'm having medical problems. Are you a hypochondriac? I'm a hypochondriac, but I also legitimately suffer from like vertigo, kidney stones. Ooh. Ken's the one I always, when I'm having like pains in my back, I'll call him. And, and he, he gets, gets back to you? He, he responds? Oh, yeah, you? right away. It could be 11 o'clock at night and I'll be like, Ken, I'm so sorry. I think I'm passing a kidney stone. And it's always go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> He's always go to the hospital, dude. There's nothing I can do over oh the phone God. for I don't a want kidney to pass
2: stone. a stone. That sounds like the worst. God, goddamn- have, have you passed a stone? Yeah, a couple times. Oh. Have you not seen a photo? I'd rather do, I'd rather do fifty-two hours in fucking the Woodier jail than. than, than have the, you not seen a photo of my stone? I don't think
1: I have. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep talking. I'll look it up and show you while we're uh, talking. Passing here. a stone. By the way, I have a very high uh, threshold for pain. Like oddly enough, like I can deal with a lot of pain. So like, but that's a whole different. I've yeah. passed kidney stones just with smoking weed and. Uh, you know aspirin Ugh. like i've never had to do like dilated i've been you're, given you're,
2: prescriptions you're, for you're that you're passing spell. a sharp little rock out your dick right is it, am i am i getting that correct oh yeah jagged but that's how long does it take to pass one
1: for me it's usually like 4 to 6 hours of of horror and pain and it doesn't feel like it's uh it's in your back like it's in your back like i now that i know i've passed kidney stones and i've seen them i can look back and go oh i've passed kidney stones in the past i just didn't know it like i pissed them out you don't feel it in your dick no what it's the painful part is going from your kidney once it just dislodges going through your ureter into your bladder it's like six inches of just like a golf oh, so ball going through a garden so hose. So the peeing, the getting it out your, pee, your your your
2: urethra, your 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 pee pee That's hole. like that's like a BB shooting out of a gun. That's instantaneous. Oh, so you want that part? That's the that's the the climax.
1: It's, you know, you because your your kidney is a filter, like a coffee filter, coffee filter, and it's you're constantly drinking water, and that pushes like the weird, you know elements and shit out it flushes them out if you're not drinking enough water they build up in your kidneys and start to get bigger they Oof. crystallize and get bigger and bigger until so
2: I, now i'm hoping that you're the biggest water drinker in the world i do drink a lot of water now that's good um that's that's a nightmare yeah,
1: I'm, uh, I'm gonna find one for you. Steve is now. You're gonna, f- trying to show me a thing that passed away. Fucking, his dick. you're gonna freak out when you see this, dude. It's, uh, goddamn. Where is this?
2: Would you rather pass a kidney stone? Mm-hmm. Or I'm gonna give you three choices here. Okay. Would you rather pass another, like a regular old kidney stone? Spend 12 hours in jail or have poop on your dick how long do i
1: have to have the poop on the dick and where's the poop from from somebody's butt from my butt you <laughs> from have, your you butt get, you have to fuck me in the butt <laughs> get i'd rather th- pass a kidney stone <laughs> honestly a kidney stone for me isn't that bad it hurts like hell but it's well you know it hurts i can totally deal I'll tell with you it it really hurts you not wanting to fuck me in the butt? That <laughs> so we had I'll think. do that, Jeff. If I, I cannot have poop on my, oh, I'm on uh, my wean.
2: I, I I know exactly how to do that.
1: Do your fruit diet, your fruit <laughs> cleanse, and then uh, I don't know. I oh, here it is. Oh boy, do I want to see this? That's the kidney stone that came out of my dick. Sweet Christ,
2: it's oh. the size of a popcorn kernel. And it's jagged. And when it's going through your so when it's leaving the nephrons of your kidney or whatever and it's going into your bladder. Bladder. That's that's the painful part. The painful part.
1: Because it's like a snake swallowing a rat. It's like it's bigger than your ureter. How do, and, how, and, how do I how, And you know when that happens too, because it's six hours of just really bad pain. My last one I was I went to the emergency room in Burbank I was out driving errands. This shit always happens on a weekend too, where I can't see my urologist. But so I'm driving around. All of a sudden I get the pain. Like it feels like a knife in in my back. I go right to the emergency room. I walk in. It's a weekend. So it's packed. I walk in. I see a guy bleeding all over his face. I hear a woman screaming somewhere else. I see a guy sitting there with a bucket for puke. There's people everywhere. And I just immediately go, I'm gonna be low priority. No, they put you right in. They get you right in. I've gone in before and they're just like, all right, wait. And uh, okay. so, so I was like, I'm not gonna sit in this room. These people are gonna bum me out and it's gonna make me more depressed. So what I did was go out and I sat in the parking lot in my car at the emergency room for Six hours. Six? In case it got real bad. I wanted to be near the hospital. So I just sat there drinking water. I'd drink water and then I'd piss it into a bottle, dump it out, drink more water from a different bottle for six hours. And it's just horrible pain. And then there's an instant where it just stops. The pain is just gone. And then you know, at least I know, it's in my bladder. Probably the next time I piss, it's going to come out. And so I just drove home sure enough i piss and they give you a filter too to to piss into so you can see it yeah like a sieve and uh so i like i feel it so
2: so that you have a souvenir or so that you No,
1: so you can show the doctor so they can see what kind of kidney stone it is and so i'm pissing and you can hear it hit hit the fucking strainer it's so loud it's like a shotgun bullet just bing um this is a fucking nightmare yeah how do i not get one What's, what's the secret drink a lot. Of I water. mean the biggest one is stay hydrated. Yeah. Um if if there was ever an argument to stay hydrated, that was it. Also foods that are high in calcium, you know, like your like kale,
2: broccoli, stuff like that. I was in you my, can eat too much of that. I was here at my place making a sandwich was, uh wearing like a light gray suit. I was about to go meet uh I think it was like there was an episode of community that they were doing a, like a screening of in Ho- in Hollywood. Mhm. <clears throat> and i'm just you know singing and rapping like i do when i'm making a sandwich, sandwich and i'm yeah i'm ramming yeah pepper jack with zipper pack and you know i'm making yeah i'm fucking laying it down yeah and i have a knife like a nice kitchen like a japanese ut- utility kitchen knife and yeah. i nail my finger and like not nail it just like pink but it was right to the bone and stitches. I was like, oh fuck, this is hospital. This is not band-aid. Mm-hmm. And I put a rag around it and I call up my friend Nick and I'm like, I might need you to drive me to the, to the hospital. Let me see if I can do it. I managed to get no blood on me and this, I saved the suit, go to the bathroom and I had, I had like lots of first aid from another cut. <laughs> so I wrap it up from another sandwich <laughs> from, from the same knife when I was just cleaning it. Oh, dude. And I just went boop and like, like nearly cut my, the tip of my finger off. I have a lot of respect for that knife. Ginsu? Is it a, one of those it's, Ginsu knives? It's knif- not Ginsu, but it's a Japanese company that. Yes. Yeah. Like if you if you give it a stern glance, it'll cut you. Yeah. Um So I wrap it up and I give myself a nice like bandage around yeah, the, yeah. the base of my index finger. Yeah. Go to Glendale to the uh ER, and I get there and there is a girl who had clearly fallen off a motorcycle and her face is gone. There's blood everywhere, Ugh. and there was a little girl like a little toddler girl just screaming bloody murder and pain mm-hmm. and i look like i have a boo-boo like yeah, yeah. It, it was a very bad cut it was like all the like sure almost, it was a very bad deep cut yeah all like half of my finger you could see the bone in the ship Ugh. and so they they bring me in and then the triage nurse was like looks at my fingers like what are you what's what is this i go it's a it's a it's a bad cut and she's like well who put this band-aid on this bandage and i'm like i did and they're like how bad can it be i'm like it's 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 bad so the nurse comes in and she's really good looking
0: you yeah. gotta say this girl yeah. like
2: very 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 pretty and she's like what are you what yeah because it's like 8 p.m on a you know friday night I'm like, I, I really cut myself making a sandwich. <laughs> like, this is, this is, this needs attention. Yeah. And they're like, she's like, but like bad cuts. Well, she's like, did you put this suit on after you got cut? No, I was wearing this suit. We're like, can't be that bad of a cut. They take the banner I just have a look and she sees it and blood starts to fly everywhere. And she goes, bucket. She's I'm like, I fucking told you guys. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm not in the emergency room. For- the rookie's puking over <laughs> in the corner. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for kicks. <laughs> <sighs> but she sewed me up and uh, she did a good job. It's, 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 you can still see it, but, uh,
1: I, I one time when I was, uh, I was in college up in Napa Valley and I went mountain bike riding. All I did for that whole year. Was just rock climbing because it was up in the wilderness kind of right outside of Napa up in the hills. It was beautiful. Amazing. I did so much rock climbing and hiking and mountain biking. And one night me and my friends decided it was a full moon. So we decided to go mountain biking through the hills, you know, like single track, like really like it was awesome. And it rained like a couple days earlier. So it was a little muddy and we're out riding and it was great. I I crashed at one point, didn't think anything of it felt fine you know whatever and so we rode back and then i go back to my room and i'm wow. covered in mud and uh so i go my roommate's studying in the room or whatever i go into the showers i take a shower i go back in the room and i'm like put on some underwear and i'm like i think shaving or something in the mirror my roommate's over on his bed like studying and he looks over at the back of my leg and goes <gasps> he goes dude why aren't you in the hospital? And I go what? And he goes, your fucking leg is filleted, like like filleted, like the back of my calf. I cut from just below my filleted knee, filleted or
2: filleted like a fish.
1: Fillet, <laughs> f i l e t, from the top of my calf, just below my knee, almost down to my ankle, just deep cut from I guess my uh, pedal swung around and oh, he had those you know teeth yeah. in it and just sliced the back of my leg open oh my super God. deep like it just opened up like a taco and but it wasn't bleeding it was just it was really weird why
2: wasn't it bleeding
1: i don't know but it looked fucking horrific my roommate's Are you like,
2: looking at muscle
1: yeah my roommate's like dude wrap something around that and get to the hospital down the hill why wasn't it bleeding so he drives me to the fucking emergency room, and the doctor, like, unwraps my leg and is like, holy
2: shit. Oh, no. And. Uh, you don't want that from a doctor.
1: Gave me stitches. I mean, it was a lot of stitches. It was uh, fully up the back of my leg. Do you have a leg. crazy scar? Um, I have a scar. It's hard to see, but, it, I mean, there's part of it. But it was from up
2: there. Ay, yeah! yay. Why don't um, you bleed? Are you some sort of weird. Robot man? I have no blood in my body. You don't, but you don't hydrate? You don't have blood?
1: <laughs> so then like six weeks later or whatever, I was like going to go down to uh, get the stitches out. And my one friend who was like pre-med at school, he's like, dude, fucking don't go get your stitches out of the hospital. They're going to charge you like a hundred bucks. Take he's like, my- let me do it. I'm like. Fuck it. All right. So I just got out an X-Acto knife and took out my stitches.
2: I, I took mine out right where you're sitting. Yeah. It was the, the World Cup was on. And they're like, come back in four days or six days or whatever the fuck. And we'll, we'll take the stitches out. And I was looking at it. And I, like I it's just kind of all the way around my finger.
1: It's just a little nuts.
2: And so I was just sitting there. And I went and got my Swiss Army knife. Yeah. I went boink. And the, the, they slid right out.
1: And it tickles.
2: Yeah. It was nothing to it. Yeah. I'm like, uh, did I just say myself like two hundred and fifty dollars?
1: Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> and somewhere there's a doctor thinking you're still walking around to this day with they stitches said, in like, your finger.
2: Come back when you want them out, and you should, you should come back in this many days. And I think I just said like this. This looks healed. Yeah. Like, what are they going to do when I get there? They're not going to wave a magic wand. They're going to cut it and pull them out.
1: Yeah. And, and I've had it taken out at the doctor's before, and it literally takes like 30 seconds.
2: That was, that was the only stitches I ever had. Oh,
1: I've had multiple. The
2: only, only bones I've ever broken is my toes. And one, I kicked this right here at this coffee table. And one, I kicked in that suitcase when it was over here, when it was at nighttime. And that's, a, that's pain. It is fucking. And then one, I broke on stage. Really? Yeah. I was about to jump on Joel Murray's back on like the- be- very beginning of a Ugh. of an improv show in like we were in Hamilton Ontario, yeah, and I was about to jump on him like a horse, but then I thought even though he's like really fit and he's quite like athletic yeah uh like he's pretty strong, yeah. I thought, he's in his 50s. Sure. Like, I don't want to break a guy's back or fuck it. We we had like, four more nights of shows to do. Yeah. So I did this weird thing where I was in midair and landed and my... my, I went toe first down, and my toe slid forward in my shoe, and I just felt, Uh. snap. I'm like, that is an absolute break right at a joint. Yeah. I knew exactly what that was, and I didn't feel it yet. So we finished the scene, and the next scene is where I have to sing a song to a woman alone. A woman from the audience. Bring a woman up, ask her yeah. about her, you know, life, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I sing her a, like a ballad or whatever. Yeah. And so I sat with her and did it because I knew I had a broken toe, and I went off stage and I said to our tour manager, I said I need some sur- surgical tape because the only thing you can do for broken toe is tape, tape it, them together. Yeah. Tape to it the one next to it. Yeah. And I said I need surgical tape, a painkiller, and a giant glass of whiskey because <laughs> like the pain is about to start it's happening. Like. A- yeah. Ugh. So yeah, I've, I've been fortunate in, in that regard. Like,
1: I've broken ribs. That hurts. There's that's. A, I have
2: I've cracked ribs.
1: That's another thing they can't really. No, then you can't sneeze
2: for a month. You can't take deep breaths. Talking loud, Laugh. laying down, it hurts. It's the thing. Getting up in the morning, like you forget. You wake up. You try to get up. You're like, I just did. I just rebreak it. Yeah, we were taping whose line is it anyway? Like either last year or two years ago. Yeah. Those are four hour tapings of Jesus nonstop. Impact. Oh, multiple episodes though, right? Yeah. They're trying to cut as many episodes as they can yeah. out of that. So I think yeah. like four is like the maximum they're going to get out of it. Um, so you're, you're doing scene after scene after scene after scene. It was the s- first or se- a second game out of, you know, 25, whatever. <laughs> and I did a pratfall fall and landed on my arm and I felt crack. And I'm like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Did I just fucking break a ribs? I've done it before on stage. Yeah. And by the end of the taping, I leaned over to Wayne Brady. I'm like, I think I broke my rib. Like, I can't breathe right now. Yeah. And then that's when they they want to do pickups. I'm like, all right, w- could you, let's 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 sing the song again. The one where I had to dance around and do all that shit. Like, so yeah. that was the, end the thing of the- where you're <laughs> hauling Colin around on your back. Exactly. Oh, so ah, yeah. dude, yeah, I br- I broke one on stage in appleton wisconsin and it was worse and uh but it was at the end of the show which is good yeah. but then you're on the road for fucking ever uh, stand up is safer yeah oh yeah it's yeah it's just you and this this is name droppy, but fuck it the, the, the next day i was i'm friends with eric idol he emailed me like he just got back in town yeah and uh he said how are you doing i said uh i'm good i think i might have broken a rib last night he goes doing what like, how? I said, I was, I did a Pratt fall on stage, like taping whose line. And Eric gave me really good advice, which I have taken absolutely to heart. And he wrote, Jeff, no physical comedy after 40. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, stop that. Chevy Chase is paying for that shit. You were saying about, like, it's nice to have a friend who's a doctor. I have a friend who's a doctor. I said, what's, like an ER doctor? Mm-hmm. I said, what's the most common injury? Like, what do you see the most? And she goes, people over 40 who think they can still play sports yeah it's knees yeah dude (laughs) i a few months ago was
1: over at conan to shoot a sketch like for the opening of the like the desk bits or the monologue or whatever and we're shooting on multiple locations around the lot and one of the locations we were shooting in the uh the medic's office like it's like a little infirmary it's right on connected to the the stage there at Conan and it's tiny and uh they were setting up the camera and so I was like asking the woman the nurse in there I'm like it's like what what's what's the worst kind of shit you get in here you know like people you know get a rope burn from like raising lights or whatever and she's like oh no we get like missing limbs people get their limbs cut off and
2: what why
1: like set builders like oh, we'll just
2: missing limbs
1: Missing hands, missing arms. You're fucking me. No, I, it was not what I expected to hear. That's nuts. I was like, yeah, what's the worst that happens? Like people get rope burns or they, you know, slip and she's like, oh no, we've seen limbs cut off. I was like, Jesus Christ.
2: I don't like it. I don't either. I shot a pilot years ago where I played a neurosurgeon. And we shot at the VA up in was it Sunland or whatever North Hills. Oh yeah, where they sh- I think they they would do the hospital scenes for um, like Grey's Anatomy maybe. Uh huh. And so, wardrobe gives me my own lab coat. And I'm I'm like a like a, f- a fancy specialist.
3: You look like a doctor.
2: So it's a it's a tailor made lab coat, <laughs> which which specialists get. Yeah, you know, not just just some crap off the rack. Yeah. or Yeah. My name embroidered. My character's name embroidered. Over the, this isn't Super Ego. What? This isn't an episode of Super. No, ego. this is a live episode. It was a lifetime pilot of a show. And the prop people come up and they're like, well, "What do you want in your pocket?" Like, oh, nice. I'm like, "Oh yeah, what do I want?" I go, "A really like a, I think my character would have a really nice pen, like a Mont Blanc or something like that, and then the pen light, and that's it. Yeah, like simple but classy." And then I get my metal clipboard thing, you know, your shit. Yeah. So I'm just killing time waiting for a shot to happen. And I open up a door from the set and there's a working hospital there. There's patients and doctors and nurses and shit. <laughs> so yeah. not trying to be like provocative. I like, I'm just walking around and doctors, nurses, and patients would s- Jump and put their back up against the wall to get out of my way,
1: doctor. And they'd say, "Doctor,"
2: because like I was like, and I found out later on why I asked the woman who was based on. I'm like, "Why?" And they're like, "Because you look like you a have special somewhere to go. You're young, you're young, and you have your own lab coat with your name embroidered on it. That 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 means you're from Harvard or some shit." Yeah. So like, and you're like, probably going somewhere very important. Someone's like, dying. You wouldn't. They, they, also, they don't know who you are, which means you're a, somebody a special. Oh yeah, you're you're from another you're hospital. A, you're a hired gun from somewhere nice. And also, you're young, and so like this guy, this guy means business. So then I kind of like <laughs> like walking through a haunted house. You're like, like Chevy chasing Fletch. It, just, it became Fletch. I'm like, at some point, I need to. I, I actually chickened out because like doctor, doctor, I was like. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) And at some point, they're going to say, doctor, come in here. We need you. Yes. (laughs) I need, I need your, uh, advice on this x-ray. It's all ball bearings. Uh,
1: (laughs) quarter, quarter pen's oil, some ball bearings. (laughs) Ball bearings. Dr. Rosen, Dr. Rosen penis. Rosen, Rosen.
2: Rosen, Rosen. Uh, so I, I I check in down on that, but the feeling of power was like, oh man, like, like there, there, there was a, you, What's the, uh, malice with, um, Alec Baldwin? you ever see that? Absence. Oh, yeah. Malice. Yeah. Where he the yes. b- t- talked about having a God complex. And yes. Car, like, you can, you can see that. Like, is like you, when you walk down, like, if you're in a hospital, if your friend is sick or like, if your dad is having a like a procedure. Yeah. The doctor is just, they're, uh, they're God-like. Yeah. It, it, it was an awesome feeling I remember, you remember that kids in the hall sketch I don't know if you're
1: ever in the kids in the hall but there's like i watched a lot of it Dave, but not all of Dave Foley comes out and he's in a doctor scrubs and they're covered in blood he's like i'm a really bad doctor and his whole thing is about how shitty he is at being a doctor and then at one point he's like check this out and he pulls up a, a cup of urine he's like this is urine I ask for it and people give it to me <laughs> that's funny after my dad passed away last year like going through his office and stuff. And I found his stethoscope from when he was like in medical school. And I like, I swiped it. It's hanging in my bathroom at home. And I didn't even notice this until yesterday. I was like looking for something. And I looked over at the stethoscope and like his name is engraved in it. I'm like, Jesus, like they have their own. Yeah.
2: Own shit, man. I went to the, I went to the doctor for the like I I haven't had a full checkup like with the blood work the mm-hmm. whole thing yeah like ever yeah I don't think yeah like I you know when you do TV shows they give you that crap physical oh. It doesn't even count. They tap on your chest, they look in your ear, they take your blood pressure, and they say you're healthy enough to act. They and ask how you feel. Exactly. I feel
1: it's pretty good. good.
2: But we had one, we were shooting the show in Las Vegas with Drew Carey, and we shot it at the MGM casino. Yeah. And this really good looking, like George Clooney Vegas doctor comes back, like, and, and we're getting checkups, the physical for the thing, really cursory. And I said, like, it's really weird to get a, a checkup here because this is a green room that I've been drinking and doing drugs for like years <laughs> <laughs> like it's so weird to do something yes doctor we hear and he goes well i gotta say from like you, you look fit as a fiddle like you're perfect blood pressure you look great like all your vitals seem great uh he's like you don't still the do drugs do you i'm like actually no i don't i go but I, I drink a lot and he goes that's good you'll never have a heart attack i'm what? like are you a doctor what is the reasoning behind that? It's, is it your blood, you know, it's you know, whatever? Uh, he'll
1: just get cirrhosis of the liver. I, I, you said, won't have w- a heart I said, design. What about
2: my liver or my kidneys? He goes, Well, there's that. I'm like,
1: <laughs> okay, you're a bad doctor. There's that.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I due, I have to go in to see one. But I, I went in, got the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. I was really nervous. Oh, yeah, dude, because I, I was certain they're gonna say, Jeff, yeah, you need to stop drinking forever, yeah. right now um perfect yeah i was like good it good was genes. it was all good to go he's like he's like there's there's one thing your blood cells are a little your red blood cells are a little denser than they ought to be and blah 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 i'm like what does that mean he's like he's like it's a less a folic acid b vitamin deficiency mm-hmm. and i said well i am vegetarian he goes oh i thought you were a libra i'm like that's the worst wow I go, that joke is going on your record
1: Wow. I'm vegetarian. I thought you were a Libra. I, uh, a few years ago, I was having really bad vertigo. I mean, I've always had vertigo, but it was like really bad. I thought you were a Libra. <laughs> I'm a vertigo. <laughs> and, uh, to the point where it, it had been months of like just, it felt like the room was tilted. Yikes. Like really bad to the point where I was also like considering suicide. I was like, I go, if I have to, if I go see a doctor and he's just like, this is just how it's going to be right i would have bought a gun and shot myself for real for real like it was that bad dude it was this is how long ago this was the last two weeks of shooting sarah silverman's show this was the last two episodes of the series we were shooting and just out of nowhere it was the first night of shooting the last two episodes brian and i were walking out to the parking lot and as we were walking it just felt like the earth shifted and tilted about 30 to 40 degrees. And so I had to lean the other way because I felt like I had to compensate. And Brian's like, what are you doing? And I go, I feel like the earth is just tilted to the left. Wow. And it was all the time. I would sit on my couch like this. For those, for those listening, I'm like leaning to the side because it felt like the couch was balanced this, this, the other this, way. This is every day? No, this was like specific at that time. I usually feel a little dizzy, but not, but did this, was this this would happen to you all day or just once a day or oh, it was 24 hours a day. Sleeping was almost impossible. I was losing sleep when we would shoot, we were shooting the episodes. And as soon as they would say cut, I would have to grab onto Brian's shoulder just for balance.
2: Did you talk to, were you talking to a doctor? Or
1: anything? I didn't talk to anybody about it. I was so fucking scared. And then finally I made an appointment seeing an ENT And I go in and he does just a couple tests. I'm in there for maybe five minutes. And he goes, this is a Friday. He goes, I want you to see a a cardiologist. And so I go, I go, all right, I'll make an appointment for Monday. And he goes, no, I want you to see a cardiologist right now. Why a cardiologist? That's what I said. I'm like, is it my heart? What's going on? he's like, I just want to rule out any kind of heart condition. He's like. He's like, I'm really not sure what's going on. He's like, but I want to rule out heart issues. So I go to this cardiologist. I'm there for like three hours. They do every fucking test of magic. They take so much blood. I do EKG shit. I'm there for forever. And then uh, when it's all done, I'm sitting in the examining room by myself for like 20 minutes, just nervous. Yeah. And uh, the doctor peeks his head in, and he's like, very serious. I need to see you in my office.
2: Oh.
1: And I'm like, cancer. 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 AIDS cancer. AIDS cancer. Cancer of the AIDS. You're pregnant with an AIDS cancer, (laughs) baby. (laughs) And so I go into his office and I'm sitting across from him at his desk, terrified about what the next words to come out of his mouth are. And he's like, you are in perfect health. He goes, I don't know what's wrong with it. He goes, he goes, I, he goes, also, you're a major hypochondriac. Cause I kept asking him all these questions and like nervously. But he goes, your blood pressure is perfect, cholesterol perfect. And I was like, as I am now, I'm like, look at me. How is that possible? He's like, genetics. He goes, I know to look at you, you would be like, this guy eats a lot of junk food, which I was at the time. And he's, and he also said, don't let this diagnosis make you think you can just keep doing it forever
2: doing. yeah so, so i it, have it, good it, genetics it was just in your head i think it was allergies i also think it might have been stress cuz the show was ending there's i I won't, I won't say his name it's probably somebody you know but i, I don't want to say his name i don't want to get this wrong and also i don't want people to bother him about it N- not someone i know well but somebody who was on the verge of real success a comic friend chicago and, do you know who i'm talking about
1: i think i know who you're talking about and He's an improviser.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, let's, let's just leave his name out of it. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, also, I don't, I don't know that this is, unless you know all the details about it. I don't, but I... I, I but he was on the verge of being on SNL and yes. all this stuff. And he's like, all of a sudden, vertigo. Yep. And all the people were like, his friends were like, I think it's just fear of success. He just freaked out. But I don't, that's, they're not doctors. I know exactly
1: who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No,
2: but I think he really does have vertigo. Yeah, I mean, I think he does too, but like, the people were speculating, like, man, did he just panic? Well, I, what I've heard is that he had vertigo
1: before all that. And when it started coming up, like, yeah, we'd like you to audition for SNL, he was just like, I can't. Oh, okay. I don't want to be in a situation I mean, where it's we, show night and We I all can't. see him on TV every goddamn time yeah. you turn the TV on. So like he,
2: he's doing fine.
1: He's like, I think he was like, I don't want to be in this position where it's show night. We've rehearsed a sketch all
2: week. And I suffer from this and thing. And I can't do it. That's fucking nuts. Cause people will get pissed. I feel like, like you hear like a lot of people that, you know, jump off the, uh, Empire State Building mm-hmm. or not Empire State Building. The right? Golden Gate Bridge. I meant Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Um, I, I, Confuse my n- national Your landmarks. landmarks. <laughs> you know, people that jump off the St. Louis Arch—that's <laughs> hardcore. They jump onto the St. Louis Arch. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to jump off the St. Louis Arch. <laughs> yeah. But that climb up is a, is a real... yeah. If you could do that, you probably are. In you good should health. be in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> there's people that have like was it t- 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 tinnitus or whatever like tinnitus tinnitus rather ringing of the ears, and it's like I'm fucking losing my mind. I have tinnitus. You do really? From playing in bands for
1: without earplugs.
2: Is it, is it a constant thing? You have a, a Yeah, hum? but like
1: during normal day stuff where I'm active and doing stuff, I don't notice it. It's when I lay down in bed at night and it's quiet. Like I have to I go to sleep most nights listening to either podcasts or with a white noise machine on because dead can't, silence can't cancel that out. Dead silence is just makes you go crazy because you you you'll lay down and you just hear a uh, so ee- that's just always there and like now I don't notice it I hear cars going by yeah, and we're talking ambient
2: sounds yeah Ugh, and that's just from wrecking your ears from being in bands
1: yeah but there are people who have it way worse that I think think even if you know though we're talking they can still hear it over that which, oh my
2: god yeah, yeah. I mean like I, I've I've been lucky with with my health. But you, you, you never know how you would handle something like that. So like, and we're in our forties
1: now, dudes, this is like when you have to start worrying about your health. Like, and people are dying. Like people are dying now. that are like, like celebrities are dying, like in their sixties, which is weird. Like Gary Shandling, just, you know, a week or two ago, that
2: was fucking crazy. Yeah. A, a friend of uh, a friend of mine died a few days ago. And I was telling Shannon, my travel agent friend, and she's like, you're in your, you're in your forties now, mm-hmm. and this is going to start happening all the time. Like all, yeah. like this is the beginning of, of people that you know dropping, yeah. dropping dead. I'm
1: 47 and I remember a few years ago when Todd Glass had a heart attack on stage at Largo at 46. Really? And he's in much better shape than I am. He's a, I love eye Glass. But he, I mean, he probably has heredity, hereditary issues, but I'm, I'm just thinking about it constantly now and I'm not cool with it. Are you? I'm did, not dealing well with mortality. Oh yeah, you're afraid of dying? Yeah, it got worse last year after Harris Whittles died and then my dad and then, and now it's just Bowie and... You know, Merle Haggard and I mean, Merle was older, but like Gary Shandling. it's like, yeah. fuck,
2: dude. Merle made me really sad. That was a bummer. I had tickets to go see his last show in LA and then he got pneumonia. So they canceled it and moved it two months. And then they moved it again. Yeah. And then I was booked. It's a bad sign. Yeah. I was booked out of town uh, to go do a gig. And my, so my brother who I was going to go with, I, he took his wife and I, I said to him, I was like, this might be the last, the last time. Sure. And uh, it's just Willie now. Well, Chris, we have Christopherson, too. Christopherson, yeah. But he's not Willie. Like, like the, the, the biggies are all, like, uh, dropping. It's going to be rough when Willie Nelson goes. It will. I feel
1: like he's got some years left, though. He seems pretty, uh, not spry, but still pretty active. Yeah. For, I don't know. i talking out of my ass. Might, might just be a genetic thing, too. He's quite old. Yeah. Maybe it's the weed.
2: Yeah, the, 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 this there's some people that like like I don't know if Keith Richards still does heroin, but there's like there's there's another there's someone else I know that's older gentleman who is just a lifelong heroin junkie. Yeah, and is gonna outlive us all. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Like he's he's the looked, functional. <laughs> the fuck. Also, all junkies hate him. Yeah, they're like you can just do it. Yeah, and and, and you don't instantly overdoes and they freak out it's like, like he's just one of those people that like likes his heroin and gets by likes his heroin. did you listen to Garrett Morris was on Mark
1: Maron's podcast no and in like the first few minutes and Garrett's like in his 70s probably easily easily and uh, said you know because Mark was mentioning being sober for like you know 15 years or whatever now and Garrett goes yeah, I've been sober from cocaine for ten years now, and Mark was like ten. <laughs> so you were doing cocaine up into your
2: sixties.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like he was just like partying into his sixties, man. Yeah, people, some
2: some that, people some people can do it. Uh, Not me. Again, I, is, I won't name names, but Fred and I went and did a gig in London, and all the comics there are in the fifties. And yeah. some maybe maybe sixty, yeah, maybe 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 in their early sixties, yeah. And they're all UK people, and they the club owner gave them each a pint, a, a gram of weed. No, sorry, an ounce of weed and a gram of coke. Ugh. Like welcome to the club, like 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 thanks for coming and doing a gig here, yeah. and they're like. Guys, like <laughs> this is this is your swag, and they always just, <laughs> just just ripped it up. Oh man! Like that's like, if if you're in your fifties and can still pull that off, I say hooray. I had my slightly druggy years, and I don't. I just don't yeah. anymore. It was that was
1: my twenties for yeah, me. I like I like to,
2: to drink, and if I do drugs, I drink more, and so it's now it's like yeah. drink, get tired, go to bed. Yeah. I can't. I, yeah. I, I don't... Also, you hang out with people that you don't like when you do drugs. Yeah. I still smoke... I smoke pot. I'm one of the few people I
1: know that actually do smoke pot medicinally. Like, it helps the nausea from the vertigo. Like... Right. It, it really... Pot, If for anyone listening who gets, like, their stomach, you know, they get, you know, motion sickness or whatever and, and stomach problems, like, I honestly would say try pot. It's so... It's a miracle, like, how good it works. Like, when my dad was sick last year... He was having a lot of nausea from the medicine they were giving him. And I would just half jokingly to him, but go, dad,
2: you want me to get you some weed? I wonder if I, see, my dad has, is getting nauseous from, uh, from nauseated from some medicine he takes. So I, I wonder if I could get my 84 year old dad to take weed. You should get him to try it. Cause you don't have to get high. Like I, I'll get a little nauseous and I'll take just like one or two hits. See, but if I do one baby hit, you feel it. I'm stoned, <laughs> stoned. Weed hits me like a freight train. Yeah. And that, that's even like, uh, we were up and doing a gig with like Proops and Styles and, oh, and, Proops. and we were up in Washington state where you can just casually buy weed over the counter as an adult. And we come in there, it's like 10.30 a.m. and there's a big, we're a, driving through a rural area. Mm-hmm. And there's a barn that says like marijuana. They're like, okay, we have to stop there. And Proops is, you know. Oh, big time. And he gets weed. There's a, like, If, if I even consider Greg's weed, I get high. Yeah. Cause he's like, he's got that wild ass. Yeah. Forget about it weed. Yeah. So I went in there and, so we all go in and all these, there's like four guys in their early twenties and they see the cast of Who's Lambs Anyway walk in and they're absolutely stoned at 10 Mm a.m. And they lose their shit. Mm -hmm. They couldn't fucking get it. They're like, what just, what was, what what is going on? Yeah. So I went up and said, "What is the weakest, pussiest strain? Like something you would be embarrassed to show your friends that you even smoke? We <laughs> like, shake. Well, give me the lightest ass. Yeah, just baby steps. Yeah, and they're like, just do a tie stick, man. Like just do this and whatever. I'm like, okay. So I got. They gave me a little canister. I I, I go, that's ten dollars. I'm like, all right, perfect. I gave them twenty bucks. Where is this, by the way? This is in Washington. Washington. Like okay. Yeah, yeah. On the way to like in between like Seattle and maybe Anacortis or something like that yeah. and uh so I get my little canister I'm I'm, just, I'm excited I, I just did a daylight drug deal yeah and uh, I'm walking out with my little tube you know plastic tube with the giant in it yeah I don't know I haven't yet I give him 20 and the guy just stands there <laughs> he's kind of just looking around I'm like it's like what are you waiting a minute for? Two, two minutes goes by yeah I'm like I thought did, did I forget something? Like, did did he say twenty? And I thought I thought he said ten. I go, did you say that was ten dollars? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, can I get some change? He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So I get my change. I leave. I'm, we're halfway to the tour bus. Yeah. I open it up. There's nothing in it. I walk back. I'm what? like, Where, where's my joint? He's like, oh, hey, oh shit, man. I'm sorry. Like Jesus, you guys. God. This this must be good stuff.
1: I'm still very proud of the fact that I did a show once with Proops in San Francisco. And I got him stoned. Wait, was that the one that I was there? I think you were up there doing Harmontown.
2: There was no. Proops was doing the Proop cast. I think I was in the audience. At the Punchline. At the Punchline. But before that, I had done a
1: show with Greg at Cobbs just before that show.
2: Oh, that's that's what I'm talking about. And we went there after The Cobbs show. I was at the show. And he went on stage and you got him high. Or did you got him? I.
1: we were I, both on the show, and we were backstage in the green room, and I And Proofs came out and said, "I said, Steve Age is here, a man of a, a, gener- a generous spirit." <laughs> I just gave him like a couple hits off my vaporizer, and he walked. He took a hit, went out on stage, killed, walked off stage into the wings where I was standing. He's like, "Holy shit."
2: <laughs> I don't know how he does it. I don't either. He smokes insane weed and goes out, and he's absolutely articulate, facile. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a pile of shit if I smoke a a one head of it. I I don't like to do it before a set either. I don't know how you do. When, when you and I and Harmon and everybody in Proops was on uh, the end of the Harmon tour, um, I didn't do weed. I was mortally drunk. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I. like was it You or Greg would ask me, like, are you drunk? I'm like, have you heard me say a consonant? <laughs> I was yeah. just f- f- fucking right. That was the
1: last, uh, and, and, the, the last stop before L.A. Exactly. That was fun.
2: That was great. I'm glad you were there. I have no memory of that show. I, me- I, I remember being backstage with you beforehand.
1: In that tiny green room. I'm going to be up there uh, in two days. I'm at the Punchline uh, Wednesday through Friday.
2: All right. Are we, are, we, are we plugging shows now? I think we're,
1: yeah. I think, uh, this is probably going to go up tomorrow, Tuesday. This Do you is, have anything coming up?
2: Um, any Who's Line? I'm taping a Who's Line on Saturday, uh, coming up, Saturday the 16th. Uh, so that'll be a live taping. And then if any of your, I don't know if you have any listeners that are in the, uh, England area. Yeah, I think so. For people that like, uh, improv, it's half, uh, UK cast and half, uh, the American cast were doing 14 shows of the London Palladium Wow in June. So I think it's somewhere around the 9th through the 20th or something around there. Uh, it's a 14 cool- shows in
1: 14 days, that type of thing? Yeah.
2: That's I, I, fun. I, and it's going to be a show almost every night. And... Uh, but josie lawrence who's amazing and clive anderson will be the host wow
1: clive anderson wow yeah so old school
2: it's yeah that that'll be real fun I, i'm very excited about that who's going
1: from uh, you guys the americans me
2: proops uh, colin mockery and brad sherwood <sighs> that's gonna be cool it's gonna be great london i love london i know i haven't been there since i was a kid um Let's, and then Harmontown Town every Sunday. Harmontown's every Sunday. And uh we do live shows around the country with Ryan Stiles and Greg Proops and Joel Murray. If you want to look that up, it's on Who's Live anyway. And you can follow Jeff on Twitter and
1: Instagram at Jeff B. Davis or Jeffrey B. Davis. It's Jeff Brian with a Y. I was not even close to that. Davis Jeff Brian Davis, brian's spelled with a Y. Um, and I will be at the punchline this weekend, Wednesday night, the 13th through the 16th. And you can, Saturday.
2: Sorry. And you can also follow, uh, AG and I on a new app called, oh, yeah. called Know Me. Know Me. K-N-O-W-M-E. <laughs> you make little videos. It's really cool. It's
1: really cool. Jeff just called me yesterday and was like, you gotta check out this app it's rad you it's
2: it's like vine only there's no time limit so you can make up to three minute videos it's like you it's like iMovie meets instagram and vine and you can make little clips and edit videos together just with you f- yeah f- it's got a little timeline you just hold your thumb down
1: to talk like just like in vine but then yeah. you can also go to your photo library press your finger on a photo a still photo and talk over it yeah and Add you, music
2: so if i took a picture of, of like if i looked at steve's kidney stone mm-hmm. i could i could Talk i, could, I could sing a little song you can add music to it yeah and then you can add video you can edit video you can that's yeah, really good if you, if you if you like it uh follow me and uh yeah i'm
1: and, steve ag just like i am on twitter and instagram jeff, same
2: thing i'm jeff brian davis boom well this has been a real are we recording did you hit play on this Oh one?
1: fuck it's <laughs> been paused posi- no we've been recording uh thank you jeff thank you bye
3: skip skipping in the beach and not close enough so that space between you and me let's lose it the way you're dancing sway into the music girl that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind girl i lose
0: it alexa play the country heat playlist okay
1: with amazon music
0: a voice is all you need get tens of millions of songs download the amazon music app today